Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Hustle podcast. My name is Lydia Wilmsen and I'm a mindset and business coach for high-achieving entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I share insights into how you can create a life of freedom, happiness and personal fulfillment while increasing financial success way beyond what you have achieved with hustle alone so far. Plus, every other week I interview inspiring and out-of-the-box thinking entrepreneurs. Have fun and enjoy! Welcome to today's podcast episode. And today it's another interview. And I'm speaking with the lovely Evrosini Adamides. And she is an international and highly successful business growth and sales expert. And I'm very excited to get all your knowledge today, but also your bubbly energy because we met in Cyprus and you have just like amazing speaking skills and a, a wonderful energy. And I'm looking forward to hearing your knowledge today on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Lydia. And you stood out as well. This is the one of the reasons that I think we connected. They say like attracts like, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Yeah, I already got, as I mentioned just right now, like your speaking skills were amazing. And we started talking in Cyprus and a um, global business um, women event. And you shared a little bit of your story, but obviously the people, the audience here doesn't know it. So can you give us some main points of your story, where you come from and where you are today? Mm -hmm, of course. Well, I'm originally from Little Cyprus, uh, but I call myself a citizen of the world because I've spent half my life living in Australia. So I've done both hemispheres and the other half living between London, Cyprus, a little bit in Lithuania and just been around a little bit. So in terms of my background, I've worked in the movie industry for a number of years. I used to do the marketing for Warner Brothers, Village Films. I worked in the radio industry. And then I got into real estate uh, for a number of years because I guess from a young age, I was always searching for freedom. And I didn't know how to get it because I never really met anybody that had time and money freedom. I met people with money, but no time. And I met people with time, but no money. But I never met anybody that had time and money. And I always thought it was something for celebrities. So I got into real estate searching for that path, and um, I unfortunately I got in, made some money, but then the real estate crash happened. And then in 2009, I met my mentor, who was the first person I ever met in my life that had time and money freedom. And one thing that he said to me, he goes, look, I'll help you to create freedom. He goes, but you got to pay it forward. He goes, it's one thing to, to have freedom. It's even more powerful when you're helping others to create freedom. Now, at the time, I was a different person. And so in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, easy for you. You're already a millionaire. I'm half a million pounds in debt, you know, working 80 to 100 hours a week. But about a year and a half later, when I created Freedom, but more importantly, I helped the first person and I mentored them to create Freedom. And they thanked me for changing their life. That's when I realized there's a different level of fulfillment when you're helping others rather than just yourself. And that's when at that point I just made it my mission to help as many people in the world to create the freedom lifestyle. And uh, here we are. <laughs> Pass forward like 10 years, here we are. It still is exactly. a path, right? It still is a path. Absolutely, I think yeah. It's a mission. It's a mission. So sometimes when people say to me, you know, when do you think you're going to retire? And I went through a phase, I guess, when when I created freedom, because when you go from working 80 to 100 hours a week to next thing you know, you have complete control of your time. And I went through that phase of I'm going to wake up at 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, I'm going to go travel for two, three months and drink cocktails on the beach. And, and I did all the things that you think that you say to yourself, I'm going to, when I have freedom, I'm going to do this. And then I realized it's not as fulfilling as doing something that is aligned with your purpose. So I, I went back to essentially hustling, but not hustling because I wanted to create something, hustling because I loved the hustle side of it. I loved the journey and I loved, you know, being out there and just, you know, creating with people. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. I mean, you know, the, the last 11 years I was able to create a sales force that generated over $1 billion in sales. I helped thousands of people create freedom. And, you know, the journey is going to continue because every single time something happens that you discover a new part of yourself. 
Uh, like when 2020 happened, I realized that the last crash, I was caught unprepared. Hence, you know, it took a toll on me. Like I was very stressed out, a completely different place. But now when 2020 happened, I felt like I was prepared for this crash. And I was prepared, not just for me, but more importantly, prepared to help others by having been through the adversity of what it means to feel like things are great and all of a sudden just in a heartbeat, it's all taken away from you. Can you explain a little bit further about that? Like, what are your secrets or what made the difference? Is it your mindset or do you also mean like you had money in the bank so you didn't have to worry about that? Or how did you take 2020 um, in a different way? So it was a combination of things. Uh, one, I was I was prepared for it financially. Um, so I remember when um, I started creating wealth and uh, I thought wealth was just about, you know, lifestyle and buying all the expensive stuff and I can't remember what book I was reading, but it said that the, the true definition of wealth is how long you can maintain the same quality of life that you have right now if your income disappeared tomorrow. And unfortunately, some people, even though they may make a really great income, they might be a six-figure earner already, still there's a lot of people that are literally three to six months away from going bankrupt. Like if their current income disappeared, they haven't prepared for it. Whereas over the years when I learned that, one thing that I learned to work with is percentages. Like I'd put a percentage of my income in investments, a percentage in savings, percentage in tithing. And, you know, again, just you, you can go so deep into that uh, formula, of course. Um, but what happened in the 2020 Literally, because I was working in the travel industry and had a very successful business in the travel industry. Who was traveling in 2020? So I saw my 90% of my income in 2020 disappear just like that. But because I had these formulas in place, I was able to maintain my same quality of life in 2020, made some minor adjustments, and essentially was living off my savings until it enabled me to launch another two businesses in 2020, so pivot. Um, and, you know, get back to, well, I can't say exactly where I was uh, in 2020 in terms of financially yet, but being very close on track to be able to do that. And I don't think it's it's easy to be able to get that to such a quick level because the main thing is the mindset, you know, is what you said earlier. It's it's not just having the money to do it, but it's having that mindset of, you know what, I can't believe I got knocked down again, but I'm ready to go out and build it even bigger and faster and I'm hungrier for it rather than going into that victim mode of like, what did this happen? It's not fair. And don't get me wrong, I did have a little bit of that because I think it's natural to have those emotions of like, you know, what the heck happened? Um, but I said to myself, I know the formula, I've done it before. This time I'm consciously doing it rather than uh, not realizing what I'm doing. And more importantly, now I can take people with me of a lot of people that right now feel lost, they feel uncertain about the future, and they're looking for someone that knows where to take them to a better place, knows the formula, and more importantly, and how to teach it to them. Mm. As I make yeah, makes sense. What do you think is then the most important part of that formula? So not to go through everything because, yeah, we can go into whatever depth. What yeah. is the, the main, the most important ingredient? Look, I believe the most important ingredient is definitely the mindset. And I know a lot of people talk about this, but it's one thing to talk about it. It's a different thing to understand that it's uh, much more powerful to be able to implement it. Mm. You know, so a lot of people are very easily can quote the books going, you know, it's adversity is there to test you to see how hungry you are. But yet when they get adversity, they're like, well, it's not fair. If 2020 hadn't happened to me, I would be making more money. I'd be living in a better place. I'd be doing this. And the thing is, is that that's the time that you get tested. If you're learning the principles, you don't know whether you really learn the principles unless you get tested to put them into application. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so being conscious of that. And here's the other thing as well, Lydia. I didn't take it for granted that I had the mindset to do it. 2020 for me, I heavily started investing in my mindset. So even though I said to myself, I've been here before, I know how to get it out. 
I also understood that when you, we went through a year, as you know, where everywhere you look, there was negativity on the news, on the social media. Fear, so even if big you, one, fear. So much fear, so much fear. And, and I remember my mentor once said to me, he goes, when emotions are high, logic is low, right? When you're creating all this fear around you, a lot of people, what they do is they make silly decisions because they're in fear mode and most people freeze, right? So I said to myself, I can't sit there and take it for granted that, yeah, you've got the mindset, you're not going to be affected by this because we're human, right? And just a little bit of doubt getting into your mind can hold you back. So the, the thing is, I went back into the tools and the training and I just, every single morning, more than ever, I, in, where I was doing like half an hour to an hour of personal development every morning, I started doing an hour, sometimes even two hours. Like sometimes halfway through the day when I would feel like the conversations I was having with people in fear or, you know, the media or things were affecting me and I felt my energy drop, I would just switch everything off and go listen to something empowering, you know, watch something that, you know, lifted up my energy. And then I'd go back and tackle it again. It's almost like filling up your batteries. Like we have this iPhones or whatever smartphone we're using. They're amazing tools. In fact, the iPhone today has better technology than what the computer that sent man to space, you know, in the 60s, I believe it was 50s or 60s, right? But most people are using it in the wrong way, and these phones are taking the energy away from them. And as great as a tool they are, if, if these phones are out of battery, they're, they're a paperweight. They're useless. They're useless. You know, exactly, right? So what are we like if we're out of battery? You know, how much can we go create if our batteries have run out? How much can we serve? How much can we give if we're depleted, right? So the same principles. Yeah. And I really like um, also the distinction you made between talking about mindset, understanding mindset, implementing, and the understanding, as you said, comes with awareness. And because I know that as well, like working with clients, but also with myself, mm -hmm. how easy it is to not get to that implementation stage. And you have gotten so far that you can have the awareness, oh, my energy is mm -hmm. dipping. And now I actually implement my tools and do something. How can you help people up? Do you have a thought or, or a tool or something to actually get there? Because so many people get stuck beforehand. They are in this talking mm -hmm. stage or in the procrastination stage that they stay in, in freeze mode or something. So what yeah. is the first little step you, you can give people to say, okay, let's start? Mm -hmm. So I think the main thing is, is looking at monitoring your energy levels. You know, how are you feeling when you're waking up in the morning? Do you feel energized or do you wake up in the morning? You're like, oh, I can't believe it's not Friday yet. You know how some people get that feeling, right? Okay. So energy levels is everything. Action. And I don't mean just action in terms of action, in terms of your goals. I'm talking about exercising, doing something that moves your body, breathing fresh air, like going out for a walk, reflecting. But the thing is as well, it's also like having your KPIs, like focusing on your key performance indicators and in terms of you, like have you set some goals for the year, right? And do you, are you holding yourself accountable to those goals? Are you making progress towards your goals weekly, monthly, daily, okay? Are you structuring things? Because I'll tell you the thing is, is that right now, Lydia, we're living in such a distracted society. Like I was reading the other day, I think it was like a Harvard research that was done. And it said that the average attention span of people now compared to 2020 has dropped to eight seconds, From? So from like where? People, it was at 11 seconds in 2020, and now it's dropped to eight seconds, which is worse than a goldfish, right? So a goldfish has a better attention span <laughs> than us, which is, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. And, and you see people, like even with things on Instagram, where now show reels are 15 seconds, and people can't even last 15 seconds to watch it. So what's happening is that we're living in a very much a distracted society. So if you don't have some KPIs in your life, You don't know whether you're on track. And if you don't monitor your energy levels and your energy levels are dropping, you're not going to be making progress. And the key thing, they say, Tony Robbins says, you know, the key thing to happiness is progress. If you're better off today, if you're one step closer to your goals today than you were yesterday, you're making progress. It may not be as fast as you would like. And unfortunately, especially entrepreneurs, we're very good at beating ourselves up. 
it's never as fast as you would like. Mm. <laughs> it can always be faster. But as long as you're making progress, you're already ahead of 80 to 90% of the population that are kind of like staying still. But I think, if anything, it's that energy level. Mm. You know, I think that was just, key. Yeah. Because mm. what you said, like monitoring energy levels, and it's not even like the monitoring, it's not even, oh, take care of your energy. It's really like the awareness piece first, like to even get an understanding. Um, and this is something I follow from one of my mentors as well, or not follow, but like an important message of understanding when do your energy levels dip, like getting getting to know yourself, personal development, yeah. getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. When is it going down? What are the moments? What are the people? Mm -hmm. What are perhaps the words and phrases or the energy mm -hmm. they bring to the table where I dip? And then I can obviously learn on, on changing that and then the tools come into place. But first they have to know what is happening because mm -hmm. we are all unique. Uh, or for someone, it could be someone is very fearful. And then I also become like fearful. And for me, for example, it is so funny and it would be interesting to hear from you what makes you dip for me it is um because i'm so much into personal development and mindset and if someone is like oh but i don't care and you know like the sitting still and oh life is happening to me like victim mindset really gets me mm. agitated but so i have to monitor myself to say okay it's their life their choice so that's one thing i recognize from me so mm -hmm. can you give something from your life what gets you dipping in your energy <laughs> levels <laughs> Um, I mean, we do live in an interesting world right now, Lydia. So um, the thing that I see a lot of people falling into the trap of at the moment is passiveness uh, through life, uh, being the passenger rather than the pilot. And, you know, even talking about, without getting into it, of course, because it's a controversial topic, but even talking about the situation that's happening, I see a lot of people saying, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. And I'm like, well, if everybody had the same mindset, then there would be no progress in life. There would be no new inventions. There would be no new initiatives. There would be nothing, right? So we can do something. Now, we can't control what happens to the world. You know, we can only control our inner world. But if you're focused on I'm passive, I'm whatever's going to happen to me is going to happen to me, and I'm like this sailboat in the ocean, and if the wind blows me that way, I'm going to go that way, and if the wind blows me the other way, I'm going to go the other way, right? Those are the people, unfortunately, when the time comes that, I hate to say it, but die with regrets, you know, die with dreams still inside them, you know, die with music still inside them, because they went through their whole life going, what can I do, Right? And that's one of the things that agitates me because I feel like so many people are not living their full potential more than ever. And if anything, I get a little bit frustrated because one thing that I've learned from my mentor, he goes, look, you got to help the deserving, not the needy. Everybody needs help. Everybody wants help. But the ones that really, really, really you got to focus on so you don't run out of energy is the deserving. It's the ones that are willing to take the extra step. It's the ones that are willing to take a punch. They're willing to get judged. They're willing to get ridiculed. They're willing to kind of like break against, you know, the average or the norm to do something different and understanding that that's what you got to do to get something different. Um, so I get frustrated with it, but I also understand it's like part of the journey. Yeah. And it's almost like a filtering system for me as well that, I just got to be conscious of who I surround myself with because what you said as well earlier, you know, when you get in people that uh, sometimes energy suckers, well, if you keep giving them time, they kind of yeah, suck your what? energy, which is exactly. And, you, and sooner or later, you're going to become one of them. You know, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Robin Sharma the other day, um, the author of the, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and the 5 a.m. Club and many other books, amazing speaker. And one of the things he, he says, he goes, a pessimist is used to be an optimist that just got punched too many times and just decided to stay down. And it That's just true. stuck with me because I said to myself, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the person that becomes a pessimist because I'm spending too much energy trying to help the pessimist become optimist. Let me find the, the optimist and help them to create something better, right? <laughs> yeah, so true, so true. 
So I totally get that with the part of, you know, like then monitoring your energy and doing something about it. And you, for example, then probably, what do you do? Do you then go inside, focus on yourself, listen to empowering videos, something like, like that, right? That's your choice. That It's a combination. Sometimes I'll go inside, sometimes I'll go outside. Sometimes a little walk, fresh air, uh, you know, a fast walk in order to basically get there. The blood flowing may help. It might be a simple thing. I've got a gym upstairs in uh, the third floor of my house, so I might do a quick 20-minute heat workout. I got two little kittens, so I might go play with them. Anything that sometimes can change your state, and it could be a number of different things, and it just depends what changed my state for the negative in the first place. You know, yeah. it might be physical, emotional. Yeah. spiritual you know I'm also quite spiritual that may also help to also turn inwards hmm. so, so it depends it really depends and again also how much awareness do you have about yourself to know mm -hmm. how do I change my state like so many things and I guess it's clear to everyone that this is a process and this is like really something about learning because for so many people mindset is as you said like we talk about it we have some phrases mm -hmm. we put out there and look for the gold or whatever you know like easy yeah. phrases No, it is really learning. It's like its own school. It's looking at life yep. differently and not something we necessarily learn in society per se, how it is built with school system and all of that. Like it's something, mm -hmm. it gets more known nowadays, but it's still something you actively have to search for or open yourself and then do the learning process, like the implementation. Mm -hmm. And the one step, as you also said, it's one step after the other and for entrepreneurs, It being such an issue, like focusing on we we are never quick enough and stuff and really, mm -hmm. again, seeing the little progress, I would say, right? The little steps. Mm -hmm. If I may add, uh, Lydia, one of the things, you know, because we live in this society right now where we're always surrounded by these influencers and this kind of lifestyle that they keep posing and the majority of those people, especially in the social media world, what they show and what's reality is two totally different things. So we fall into the trap of comparing ourselves. You know, I'm the same age as that person and they seem to have this and I don't have this. And as a result, we're always not feeling good enough about ourselves and we can never create something of substance if we don't feel good enough because the energy that we're vibrating towards is like a magnet or a repellent, right? If it's a good energy, strong vibration, if it's low energy, it's, you know, it's a repellent, right? So you might be repelling opportunities from you because you're so busy building yourself up. So one thing that I've always said to people, and I probably borrowed this from somewhere, like anybody that's basically in the personal development industry, we probably listened to something, borrowed it, made it our own, and don't know, remember the difference, right? Is always comparing yourself to who you used to be rather than anybody else. When you compare yourself to who you used to be, and that's where it comes to the progress thing, then you're always going to start feeling good about yourself. The better you feel about yourself, the more progress you're willing to do because energy is going to create the action. You got low energy, you're not going to take any action towards your goals. But if your energy is high, you're more likely to take action, which is going to give you more progress. So hence the reason it becomes like a cycle, right? Yeah. It can be a vicious cycle taking you backwards, or it can be an empowering cycle taking you forward. And it's just being conscious of which kind of cycle you're in and what you can do to kind of turn around the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So many things here. But of course, since we have limited time, I want to hear a little bit more about also your sales expertise, your sales and business mm -hmm. growth expertise. Perhaps can you share with us, like I obviously work with small business owners and also the, the audience here is more small business owners. Um, can you perhaps share some important principles uh, around mm -hmm. sales? Since you yep. already shared like your amazing sales expertise. <laughs> Well, look, um, sales, uh, sales is, I also believe that sales is very much connected to leadership and not just general leadership, but also self-leadership as well. Those two are very much connected. Um, the thing with sales is that I realized quite some time ago that sometimes a lot of people are so focused in selling rather than relationships. And I think this is where I've made it my mission to also excel in this because I realized, I'll give you an example, Lydia. So we're at a networking group with this amazing lady about two years ago. And I met this lady, she stood out from the room 
And the main thing that I've always focused on is making a connection, building a relationship rather than selling my product or selling my service. Sales is going to come sooner or later anyway, because people are always like to buy from people they know, like a trust. And if they know you and they like you and they trust you, they're more likely to give you business, even if your product or service is not suited for them. But if you saw business selling them a product or a service and it's not suited for them, you've closed that bridge. That's the one thing that I'm always remembering. So I went and met this lady. I was always, you know, focused on let's build a relationship. So we went for a coffee. And during that coffee for about an hour, we just spoke. Nothing business related. We just spoke about her story. By the end of it, she's like, oh, my God, I've never met anybody that's done that before. She's like, I don't even know what you're selling or promoting because all I've done is get to know you. But what happened is we started building a trust. Now, to give you an idea, that went on because of that first conversation. We built a relationship. I introduced her to some people that turned into new clients for her. Next thing you know, she introduced me to some people that I'm also featured on the podcast. It turned into business for me. I made another connection for her where she, because I also have a podcast. She started launching her own podcast that opened more doors for her. Then she introduced me to speak on her networking group that she launched because of the conversation that we had. And that's transpired to so many connections all around the world, all because I took the time to get to know her as a person, her needs before I started talking about my business, my product, or my service. And this is one thing that I think that is a key to sales, is find out what someone's needs. And I know it sounds basic, but so many people don't do it, Lydia. I see so many people that are just literally so busy doing their elevator pitch without really understanding, could I tweak my elevator pitch to suit the person and my audience that I'm speaking to? So they can pay a little bit more attention. And maybe if the product or service is not for them, maybe now they can think of someone that they can refer me to because I've listened first before I started speaking. Mm. You know, and we've all heard the saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And everybody can quote it, but so many people practice it. Yeah. You know? If you keep this formula, and I'll finish up with this, and there's so much I can say about this. If you keep this formula that when you meet your next prospect or your next client, be the one that's asking the questions, not so much so you can think of what you're going to say as an answer, be the one that's asking the questions, the one that is asking the questions is leading the conversation, number one, and be the one that is speaking the least. So ask the right questions, speak the least, And I'm telling you, it's going to be a shortcut to creating trust and building rapport with your prospect that later on may lead them into a, you know, qualified lead that can turn into sales and a fan because a fan is going to become a referral machine for you. Yeah, I love that. And I love um, the, yeah, the focus on relationships before selling. And so many people forget that. And I have a follow-up question around this or how I would phrase it or what I, I heard you talk about is this always focusing, obviously, on the person, like on connection without this like neediness goal of like, I need their business behind it or, you know, like mm-hmm. just genuine connection, being a human being almost, you know, without needing or wanting something from the other person and rather like almost like giving, like giving your time, giving your energy, like listening is mm-hmm. also kind of giving because listening is something hum- we, we crave. We crave being heard. So I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of giving first before you like in that moment receive business or something. And mm-hmm. it's a very, like, it's a long-term focus. And so many people yeah. want the easy, easy way out and they want the short-term results. Like I want to make mm-hmm. one pitch and directly sell for 500,000 euros or something instead of thinking like, yeah. I plant little seeds and I don't know what's going to come from this. And like this openness and openness and trust probably also in the process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that you brought this up. Yeah. And what would you say for people? Like I have a mixed audience. There are some people who are super successful already. And then there are the people who struggle with, we need the money now. And I know you have been there. You said you were like half a million in debt there was probably a need for money to to feed yourself and stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you tell people like that who kind of need money? And obviously because of that, have this short-term focus of like, I need the sale. 
And yeah. they, it's mm-hmm. hard for them to focus long-term because it's like, what the heck? What am I, am I going to like eat or get over the month? Mm-hmm. Well, look, here's the thing, right? Um, of course, I know many people that have been in that situation. I've been in that situation myself. In fact, when, um, when I go, when I met my mentor, I was at a place to give you an idea that I remember going to a petrol station and I had to choose between, okay, do I buy milk or do I buy coffee? Because I can't buy both. Right. And like I was in that situation. I made the choice to buy coffee, of course, because I knew that would get me further. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was very difficult. You know, it is a difficult situation when you're going for meetings and you kind of bring a bottle of water and say, oh, I don't need to order anything. I've already had something to drink because you're watching every single penny. But that's probably the most important time in order to get yourself into that mindset of abundance. So, I find affirmations really help me to kind of break through. Now, at the beginning, it was difficult because when you're sitting there saying, you know, I'm a magnet, I'm attracting abundance into my life, you know, my bank account is overflowing, and, you, and then a part of you is thinking, well, no, it's not. You've got <laughs> bills and debt collectors at your door. What the hell are you talking about, right? So I had to take those baby steps and kind of say things to myself that I I could believe rather than it seemed so extraordinary. And I would always have different ways. Like for me, music is one of those things that also changes my state. So I would have this playlist on Spotify that I would have certain songs that would get me in a peak state. So before I would go into the meeting, I would always make sure that my energy was in a peak state. That, you know, if something happened, I had a debt collector calling me and I was upset, there's no way in the world that I would go into that meeting with that energy because nothing good would come out of it. So I'd go into the toilet, (laughs) I would put my headphones on and I would listen to one song or something like that to get myself in that state, go into that meeting, big smile on my face and... What happened is that once I like started building my story, my finances started changing. A lot of people, when I started sharing my story, they're like, I had no idea that you were going through that because there was nothing about you that was sharing that. And I said, yeah, because I also understand that is that energy that you're giving. Now, if you're coming across as desperate or needy, if the only thing that's going through your mind when you're going into the meeting is that I need this sale, otherwise I can't pay the rent, it's like a dog smells fear, Right. If you're fearful, the dog's going to smell, it's going to bark at you, it's probably going to bite you. Same with like a prospect. If they feel that you're needy, they might not be able to put their finger on it, but they're going to be like, there's something about them that's holding them back, right? So they might turn around and say things to you like, let me think about it, let me get back to you. Let's put it this way, right? Most people, when they tell you, let me think about it, it means it's a polite way of saying no, right? So... If you don't get yourself in that state of abundance before you go into the meeting, you might as well cancel the meeting. And I, I don't believe in ever canceling the meeting, of course, but because you're going to do more damage than good. So again, going back, get yourself in that in that state. Now, of course, having said that, if you're in a state where you've got abundance already in your mind, that you always keep asking yourself the question, how can I serve this client more. Because sometimes there's also that trap that if we fall into uh, the successful trap, and I know you're probably thinking, what do you mean falling into the successful trap? Sometimes, and I fell into this trap as well, when I started creating a lot of success and I started creating more money than I ever imagined in my life, I almost fell into that trap where I was so indifferent that I almost appeared like I was arrogant and didn't care about the person that I was meeting. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like you gotta you gotta keep that balance between the two because people need to know that you care enough, but at the same time, not that you care so much about the sale that they feel a neediness. It is difficult to get that balance, but you'll know when you get that because then you're gonna be coming to you're gonna go into flow, and you're gonna feel like you're going to a meeting. You just tend to attract these amazing things because you're now in flow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're smiling because you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally know that. And I also know the difference, what you said, between the neediness and also this like indifference. And it's interesting that mm-hmm. you speak about it 
because this is then like also for the audience, you know, like when you get there, once you get there and you have the success and you sell these high packages or high ticket or whatever you sell, you know, and then you come to a place of, yeah, this arrogance. And it's also not a nice place to be for yourself, like neither for others, obviously, but also not for yourself. Because as you said very early in the beginning, it's about purpose and what do you want to bring into that world? And then success is nice, but it's basically a byproduct, I would say. Mm-hmm. and absolutely focus back on, on on the purpose on what do you want to change in the world i really like that and perhaps what would be interesting as well what are the biggest self-sabotage mechanisms you see perhaps in your clients or in mm. interaction with other people what are the main things to watch out for so there's um one thing that i see becoming very common unfortunately is the um, noteworthy belief coming through so sometimes you get Good people one. that they create success. And I can speak from experience because I've been through that stage as well, where I created success, but all of a sudden I had so much success that I felt like, am I worthy? Do I deserve this? Started questioning myself, right? And as a result, I went through a self-sabotage and somehow I lost a bunch of money. Because the thing is, is that they say that your paycheck is always going to be a reflection of what you believe you're worth. So sometimes people will make more money, but because their self-worth is not at that level, they'll find a way for the paycheck to kind of drop to where they're at. Yeah. Okay. Same way you can work the opposite way. That sometimes if you believe that you're worth more and right now your paycheck is not there, you just keep hustling, keep doing what you need to do. It's a matter of time before that's going to catch up. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done at the moment because... That you've got that, but then the other thing that I'm also seeing as well, which is also dangerous, Lydia, is that there is an entitlement thing coming through at the moment, especially with the younger generation. They're all coming in and, you know, feeling like, well, I deserve this and I deserve that. And nobody's going to say that you don't deserve it. But one thing that I always say to people that I'm mentoring is that there's no, pro- there's no problem having big goals. Does your action and your effort match your goals? I see so many people that come in with such a big gap between I want this, you know, they're giving right, really, really big goals. And then, but I'm, I can only invest this sort of time. And I'm like, okay, so which one are you going to negotiate on? Your goals or your action? Yeah. <laughs> because they're mismatched and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And unfortunately, because we see so many things, you know, rising and everybody hears the quick success stories, you know, when you look at, for example, the crypto space, when you look at, you know, real estate went through that of the people that said, I bought a couple of properties and I became a millionaire. And, and everybody looks for those quick win because they're looking for the shortcut. But there's no shortcut to success. You've got to pay the price. You've got to go through the rejection. You've got to go through the hardship. You know, you may lose some money and you may make some money. You may you lose it. Some people might break your trust, but it's part of the journey. And anybody that's created success at the very high level is always going to tell you the thunderstorm that they had to go through to make it happen, you know. And the most important thing is as well is finding the right mentor, because this is another thing that that I hear a lot of people do. Um, They look for mentors and they look for someone that has success, but it's not proven success over a period of time. Mm, See, anybody can get like you once, right? Anybody can get like you once, but it takes someone with wisdom to go and be able to build something and then be able to rebuild it and to be able to rebuild it. When they've been able to do that several times, it means they know the formula of success. And if they know the formula of success, then they're qualified to teach you. Do you I see what that. I mean? I totally love that because, yeah, it's it's this, this one, isn't there a saying like this one, no, one hit wonder, like in music, one hit wonder, yeah. you know, like one <laughs> amazing song and then never ever heard about um, or heard yeah. of again. So a great point Um, because it shows that they have, they have implemented that stuff themselves, right? Like the mindset and talking them, like if you lose a lot again, you know, like how can you get yourself out there again? And they have proven that they have done it. You know, they have gone Mm -hmm. through 2020 and have come, come out stronger than ever before again. So this is something to, to look out for. Um, and I mentor, mm-hmm. definitely agree with you. And I loved you both, like almost like the, the opposite angles of self-worth, like low self-worth and entitlement. Like, And they stem mm-hmm. from the same thing, I would say, but they show in, in opposites. Mm-hmm. 
it's such a big thing. I don't know why this is growing so much. I have no idea. Like we could probably go into that, but it's not the, the point. What did you do to, to raise your, like where you said, you got to a point where you were quite wealthy or you were able to create income, mm -hmm. good revenue, good money. And then you dropped because of the, like self-worth was like, oh, do I actually deserve this? And this is such a big mm -hmm. thing, especially for people yeah. who get to this level of excess money where they don't need, I know this from clients, they have more money than they need to pay bills. And this is when mm -hmm. you come from employment culture, so to say, this is like, <gasps> like crazy, you know, like now you have all this money, you have lots of nice stuff, but who am I to have more than I need? So what were your steps or your shifts to go into, of course, I can have full abundance and I'm worthy just because I live basically. Like, how did you get, mm -hmm. get there? So two things. One is gratitude. So I got myself into a place of gratitude and giving thanks. And the second thing is paying it forward. So for a very long time, I, uh, I gave money to charity. It's one thing. Um, by giving time and giving resources and seeing what other things that you can create in order to give back also reinforces that mindset of abundance that, that things are going to keep flowing back to you. And I did notice something, Lydia. It's very interesting how I noticed this, that I was giving back quite a lot and then my income dropped and then I stopped giving back because I couldn't afford to give back. And my income dropped even more. And I said to myself, when I was giving, it made me feel so abundant, even though I had to reduce the percentages there and the money because my income had dropped. So I said to myself, I don't care if it's 5% of your income instead of 10 or 20 or 30%. Go to 5% of your income, you know, it, like it's 50 euros, it's 100 euros, whatever, like do something. And when I changed that formula, magically, my income started going up again. So that's when I became conscious of it, that, you know, I got to keep myself in a place of gratitude, no matter, even, especially during the difficult times, it's more important than ever to give thanks because there's always millions of people that are worse off than you. Even if you live in Western society and you see how some people live, there's always so many ways that you can go see how people are living in India or Africa or South America and so many places to keep you in that place of gratitude and seeing how you can basically make the world a better place through what you're doing, because if you're in a situation right now where you're financially abundant, you're not making a difference, you're missing, you're missing the fulfillment piece. There's just, it's one of those things that is very difficult to explain to someone until you feel it, you know, like that sense of purpose, that sense of fulfillment when you're able to improve someone's life because you've been blessed. Yeah. And then the blessings will just keep on coming. Yeah. I love that. And I love the mix between gratitude and, but then the other addition of paying it forward. And it can be so, mm -hmm. so much, but even if you start with an, with a Euro, you know, like even like yeah. you inspired me again to see like, how can I do that more? I love this, by the way, about the podcast episodes, about the people I, <laughs> I interview. It's every time, like last time yeah. I heard something about breathing and now I hear this and be reminded of that. Mm -hmm. So thank you. That's, I highly appreciate that, that <laughs> I, I create a podcast for myself basically. Yeah. Like, what can you do right now to somehow, and it would be arrogant to say that we change the life of someone else because it's always that person and what the person does with it. However, we can be almost like the, like one of the like little light bulbs or one of the, you know, like catalysts or something that perhaps, yeah, mm -hmm. makes someone then actually start doing it because they see, oh, wow, someone is caring or whatever. And do you mm -hmm. think um, paying it forward I would say it is powerful to actually pay with money because we say like, oh, if you don't have money, just give your time. And I think that's amazing. But this money mindset piece, and we haven't even touched on money mindset, but is to trust so much that more money is coming that you can actually give money. And I think this is like, I'm not religious, but this is one piece in the Bible of like the giving your 10th, but yeah. you know, like in, to give to charity, whether you have something or not, it's, it's, gives like it creates a, a mindset of abundance instead of oh my goodness I have to hoard it I have to keep it for myself what do you it's a, do you it's a flow so the thing is um I believe you gotta do both because 
I was giving money, but I wasn't attached to them. Like, okay, I should give some money to charity, you know, so sponsoring some kids in Africa and Colombia and things like that. Um, but I wasn't connected to it. And I think that's the main thing. you got to connect with what you're actually doing. And I gave to lots of different charities. And then I said to myself, no, i got to find something that I'm really passionate about. And one thing that... Um, I actually experienced, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins, and I don't know whether you've heard of Tony Robbins' Basket Brigade, right? Ah, they they make food, not make food, but they... they Hampers, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically they do Christmas hampers, right? And it's once a year, uh, they get a list, you know, from the local councils of all the underprivileged families in the area. And, you know, you go there and you can either just basically donate money to buy it. Uh, but, of course, different supermarkets are also donating that as well. You can donate your time to wrap them, package them. And then you can also go deliver them personally. Now, you don't tell them, I'm a volunteer and I'm working with this. You tell them, hey, look, you know, I have a delivery for you because then you're going to be anonymous about it. And it's so funny to see different people's reactions. Some people are like skeptical, like, well, who's sending me this? You know, I, I don't want this. And I'm like, listen, you know, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just like the deliver person. There's a card in there and the card says someone cared enough for you to send you this hamper when you're in a better situation, better place, next year pay it forward, right? And... I mean, they, he does millions of hampers every single year. And the first time the first time that I participated in that, just in the reaction of people's faces, I said to myself, you know, this is the other level of giving back. It's not just about, hey, I gave my money, I did my part, I forget, forget about it and that's it. Going out there and seeing how, you know, it might be a simple thing of, you went to a cafe, and, and I've seen this happen because I've been in this situation where I went to a cafe and my card bounced. So I'm like, oh, I don't know why that happened. It's because you didn't have enough money in your card. And I had this random stranger behind me all of a sudden saying, let me get your coffee for you. Do that randomly to someone. Like, you know, just go pay for the coffee of the person behind you. You don't know them, you know, but you might just put a smile on your fa on their face. And those little things, you do those little things on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, just life becomes filled with such joy. Do you see what I mean? And that's what it's all about. Especially now, I think people, so many people right now, they need a reason to smile. It might be the only reason that person smiled that day. You know, just because you bought them a coffee or something like that or did something nice. Yeah. And I'm just reminded um, a friend's couple here that we are inviting over for dinner. And to understand the power of that, they own a restaurant and they own a, a grocery shop where they, they serve like fancy stuff, you know, like not just supermarket, mm -hmm. but really like exquisite stuff. So whenever they are invited, usually people also ask them because they also sell wine to bring wine and, oh, could you, could we give you some money? And um, like we pay, but could you bring the food or something? At some point I um, talked to, to her and it was like so much frustration of this, like being taken, you know, like we always, we would so love to be invited once, you know, and it's, it really mm -hmm. shows this, how, how you can make someone happy with just something Yeah, almost like they could do themselves, but just this short moment of like, hey, you're invited and you don't bring anything, even mm -hmm. though we make yeah. food that is much less fancy than what they do as, a, as mm -hmm. restaurant owners. So somehow I was yeah. reminded of that story of how you can make people happy when you really go this extra mile, but it can be something mm -hmm. tiny, like not something that you have exactly. to be better yeah. at them, like just something yeah. tiny, tiny and you make them smile big time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. My goodness, we could definitely talk for, for hours. However, we come to an end. We are nearing the end of the, the time. And I would just open it, up, open it up to you, like either a powerful story that you could share or perhaps some principles, like some, some last thoughts to, to leave the audience with. Mm -hmm. This is specific enough or you need a more specific <laughs> go here? No, of course. I think um, there's so much that I can share, Lydia. But um, I want to basically, the one thing I want to finish off with as well is about the power of belief. And sometimes as an entrepreneur, we it can become a lonely ride as an entrepreneur. And you sometimes need somebody to believe in you. It might be a mentor or something like that. But Instead of that, look at who you're working with right now that you can share some belief and believe in them and give them that. Because I'll tell you one thing, 
is that when I got on my entrepreneurial journey, I didn't believe that I would have the success that I've been able to create. But there was someone that believed in me more than I believed in myself. And one day he said to me, you're going to go out and you're going to do great things. And I'm thinking in my mind going, but will I? Will I succeed? Will this work? But because that person believed in me, every single time that I would have some type of down or anything like that in my business or in my life, the only thing that I would think of is I don't want to let him down. And it's easier sometimes to let ourselves down, okay? It's harder to let other people down that love us, that care us, that we care for them. So be that person that goes out and you instill in belief in people, right? You help them to realize their true potential. Because I'll tell you what, when you're able to create that sort of space for people that you're working with or mentoring, or, you know, it could even be sort of like your employees, it could be your, your clients sometimes. Especially now, people need that more than ever. And, and it's amazing that the magic that you're going to create that will come back to you. But don't do it just because you you want something to come back to you. Do it because you want to feel it. Do it because of the feeling that you're going to give to some of them, maybe when they're down and out, just because you believed in them, they've gone on to create some really, really great things. And it creates this ripple effect in the world because I was speaking to someone the other day And she said to me that the average person that becomes an influencer or some type of leader through the ripple effect impacts 60,000 people in their lifetime. Now, can you imagine if you go out and you impact 10 people that become influencers, just 10 people, that's 600,000 people's lives that could have been impacted because you believed in 10 people enough that you helped them to realize their true potential, right? I know it's difficult as an entrepreneur sometimes not just to focus on the money and the profit and loss and things like that. But if, if, if you focus on people, if you focus on the service, everything else is going to come into place. And of course, if there's any way that I can add value to your audience, they can reach out to me on all the social media platforms. I think that my website and all that stuff is going to be on there. Um, but uh, that's, that's what the mission is, is just help people to make an impact because right now the world needs it. And Lydia, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I love what you're doing and I love the name of your podcast, Beyond the Hustle, because sometimes we're so busy just hustling for it. We've got to keep enjoying the journey, okay? Because <laughs> when you keep enjoying the journey, the hustle becomes a lot more fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Then the hustle has a purpose. That's the main thing. The exactly. hustle has a purpose in fulfillment and passion and not in, in, in self-worth issues and stuff. So I love that. I loved mm-hmm. everything you said. I also love the, the last part of, of belief, instilling belief in other people. And I think like what I see so far from you, you're doing an amazing job. And I'm really grateful for having had this opportunity today to interview you, that you took your time for that. Thank you very much. And yeah, I'm adding your all your um, website things, all of that into the show notes. And people, please reach out um, and connect with F. Rosini. So thank you so much for your time and your knowledge today and your wisdom. Thank you for having me, Lydia. And keep shining, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Did you like this podcast episode? Then please share it with people who you know could benefit from it. Also, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It would mean such a lot to me. If you want to stay connected with me, please join my Telegram channel for daily mini reminders around mindset, business growth, investing and living life to the fullest. Or message me directly on Instagram or LinkedIn. You will find all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and until the next episode. Much love, Lydia.